You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I'm your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. I'm Gordy, Oatmeal Discourse. Thank you, I was Tobisk. hoping you would pick that one. It's good. It's a good one. Sorry, I stepped over who it was from. Kobisk, comma scree, <laughs> as the Discord name is currently listed. Uh huh. <clears throat> well, great. It's another. It's uh, a special recording of our of our esteemed program here on August twentieth. It's August Ween today. Yep. And so we're we're honoring the the bold tradition of August, sort of in general, just being a sticky, wet armpit of a month <laughs> for all time. Basically, does anybody have a good August anywhere? Does it exist? Yeah, does like is any is in any place August just like a great month with nice weather? Maybe in the southern hemisphere somewhere. Now, it's starting to warm up down there. Maybe. I, I guess that's like May. Yeah, but May is also kind of an armpit, at least in Georgia. Uh, I'm going to say restrict it to within our own hemisphere, because otherwise it's just a different season. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, is, is it armpitty up in, in the frozen north of Boston? It, you know, it felt great for a bit, and then it heated back. Heated? Heat? It heated. Yes, it heated. It heated. Back up, back up a little bit, uh, and I think I think it's going to trail off again. Like I, I have there. There were several days where like I went outside and I felt, I felt autumn air. Ugh. Um, and Lucky. I think I think it's coming sooner rather than later. <laughs> so, so when you say heat, what do you, what do you mean in Boston? Give me a number. Uh, it's been. I mean, this has been like one of the hottest summers on record. Um, it does not. It's most days. It's like on like a regular hot day. I would say like eighty to eighty-five. Uh, balmy, it's kinda breezy. Like, it's kind of cool. like a hot day. It has gotten into the nineties. Yeah, we not... got to ninety last week. We got to I think uh, ninety-seven, ninety-eight uh, was the actual temperature with a feels like a hundred and ten. Oh, never go outside. <laughs> and our air conditioning was broken. Uh, never do my, that. My office uh, has roof access on our building. And they have recently completed like a patio area to go outside and have lunch and stuff. Uh, and mm-hmm. they get they gave us the go ahead to go outside this week as if anybody would fucking want to do that ever. Yeah. It is miserable. And we are moving boxes and furniture in it. That I got tired just listening to that sentence. <laughs> uh, well, this, well, this is our episode, as I said, to commemorate <laughs> August. August week. I don't, know, I don't really know what we're going to do for it. I didn't think this out a lot when I started talking. Just well, kind of, maybe August, I'll just take some like hot breaths into the microphone. 
can we build some kind of August-based robot? That seems to be our go-to for celebrating things. Build a robot for it? We'll just have a robot cast member. Oh, we do that uh, for Halloween. Yeah. yeah, August Wayne is a holiday to celebrate the horrors of global warming and humidity. I want... Okay, I'm so going like, to do Halloween's something. Halloween's about spooky things, and August Wayne is about heat death. <laughs> I want you to imagine that I'm doing this uh, just right onto your face with with my hot, hot breath. <sighs> God, nice whistle in, a, in like a and yeah came out of my throat in like a <laughs> like a hot tiny room that's the the august ween carol <laughs> <laughs> the traditional august carol just hot breath in your face in a hot room um great okay so, so yeah now that now that now that all that's done this this is what the folklore uh, podcast about mostly fairy tales and some other things on occasion um we're gonna we're gonna carmen's gonna read rather a a weird fairy tale or piece of folklore to me and tyler we've never heard it before maybe some of you have never heard it before um we're gonna address its plot holes as we go try to take it apart and put it back together in a way that makes more sense uh you are out of options this week yeah we have one story left and something about a dwarf beard maybe yep (laughs) it is the dwarf with the long beard Sounds terrible and hot. It does. Think about that itchy, scratchy beard. Perfect for <laughs> August Ween about the horrors of heat. Just living inside of it, having it draped across your knees. <laughs> Ugh, I want to get a haircut just thinking about it. Do we have a sponsor this week, Tyler, or are we flying solo? We do. No, we have an executive producer for August Ween. <laughs> our Who's traditional our hot, hot producer? Our traditional celebratory episode that we've done every year of the podcast yeah. and are doing an additional one of now yeah just like, like usual time. just yeah you know tradition uh on this traditional episode our executive producer is ragged lady aka dj molly c on the discord who is arn thompson type 72 teaching young animals to observe awesome thank you ragged lady thank you all right so before we get into the story, you yeah. do have business to address. Mm-hmm. You have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> get that good Augustween tiredness in that. Voice. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> also, the theme song is going to feel like being at the beach, which is kind of pleasant. It's going to feel like not it, Not in yeah. August. Not in August, it isn't. <laughs> A Savannah beach in August. You don't stop <clears throat> swimming when you get out of the water. Okay, here it comes. Hi, this is Boat Watch a segment. Whether I guess whether or not there'll be a boat in this story, that's it. That's all there is. No, there's no boat. <laughs> all right. So Gordy's responsibilities to the podcast have been completed. Now he can uh-huh. lean back and I can check do out for the next fifty-five <laughs> minutes. Tyler. As for me, I have a secret phrase. It's active. It's come. It's from the Discord. They tell me a, a thing that I have to say, 
and try to sneak it into the podcast without these other two noticing. Mm-hmm. I was successful last week, and I, I was so successful, I forgot to fucking mention it. <laughs> uh, so I, I will do that now. Last week's secret phrase was, that hack Shakespeare, which was also uh, courtesy of Cobisk Scree. Okay, what I've done is I opened up a Word document on my second monitor, and I, and I typed secret phrase... Uh-huh. In capital letters um and so i'm just i'm just gonna look at this so i remember i have a constant you, reminder you have three bullet points that you could fill in as possibilities yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna make a, a smaller let's go to like 48 font i'm gonna get a yep yeah, okay one two and three all right are you two ready as ready I as so. i could possibly be at All this right. point. This is the dwarf with a long beard, suggested by Lucy. Thank you, Lucy. Uh, this is a Slavic tale sourced from fairytaleswithaz.com. Hell yeah. Like fairy tales, but way more radical. It's the only site I go to for fairy tales. <laughs> yeah, if your website doesn't have a Z instead of an S, Tyler will not visit it. I want a fairy tale that'll buy me cigarettes. <laughs> While skateboarding and eating Cheetos. The dwarf with a long beard. Here we go. In a far distant land, there was a king with one daughter, and she is the hottest hottie in all the land, as as they do. Um, and she is known as Princess Pietnoka. Story is already sweltering. Yes, it is a very hot story for Augustween. Uh, many princes wanted to marry her, but she chose P- Prince Dobro Dobrotech. Dobrotech. <laughs> Dobrotech. Dobrotech. I, okay. Uh, she gets her parents' blessing to marry the Dobrotech, and she takes off to the church with him, sending the rest of her suitors home disappointed. That's my favorite vision of a wedding. I was like, someone goes with her chosen husband and kind of like hand waves a whole line of other potential husbands, and they just shrink their heads and go down. Every time you say that name, I'm going to think of a mechanical dog. <laughs> Dobrotech? <laughs> yes. Here's our, I just this wanted to is let our you know. next dog movie plot, is the story. Except for one of the suitors, uh, who was a dwarf. This dwarf was only seven inches high. Yeah, but how's that beard do? With an enormous hump. What, the, what that beard do, baby? And a <laughs> seven foot long beard. Mm. Fuck yeah. He is seven mm. inches, just an inch above half a foot. <laughs> But he has seven foot of beard. Say it again. Only seven inches high, an enormous hump, and a seven foot long beard. Mmm. A juicy beard. (laughs) Save some for the rest of us, dwarf. (laughs) Yeah, if if anyone has ever had issues growing a beard, it's because of this dwarf. It's it's this motherfucker's fault. He stole all the beard power. Um, this dwarf also happened to be a powerful prince and magician. A tasty combo. <laughs> a seven-inch powerful prince and magician. Hello, I'm Prince Jishin, the bearded. Uh, he was super mad at being looked over for uh, marriage prospects and decided to do him a revenge. 
So he changed himself into a whirlwind, and then he lay in wait, because whirlwinds are like panthers in the jungle just waiting on their prey. Something you know about whirlwinds. They can just, like, hang out. undetected. Uh, When the wedding procession approached the church, the air filled with a blinding cloud of dust, and Pietnotka was borne up to the highest clouds and then down into an underground palace. Uh, There, the dwarf whirlwind disappeared, leaving her in a lifeless condition. Otherwise known as dead. Or semi-dead. Only mostly dead. She does open her eyes, though, so she gets better. Um, It it didn't say semi-lifeless. It was she was without life. Look, fairytales.com is a very radical site. So it's gonna have the <laughs> Yeah, most... maybe I maybe I spoke too soon. This site might be too radical for me. <laughs> it's pre- it's presenting a lot of ideas that I am not ready to deal with. <laughs> not ready to to accumulate into your worldview yet. All right, so when when the princess opened her eyes, she was in a great fancy apartment and decided that some king must have kidnapped her, like they do. Uh, so she tours her apartment, and some magic unseen hand fills the table with gold and silver dishes and bunches of cakes. Did she Did she want those things? Uh, apparently, because in spite of her grief, she eats cake until she is more than satisfied. Uh, you know, that's how you should eat cake. That's the correct cake approach. <laughs> um, and then she lays down to rest. Uh, I... <sighs> Like, I'm assuming kings kidnapping princesses is in this world so common that it's it's less like a point of concern and more just like something to endure, like a cloud it's, of mosquitoes. It feels like... <clears throat> right. <sighs> it, it feels like almost petty theft where like you sit there and you're just like, do I call the police for this? Is it worth it? I don't know if it's worth the hassle of going through, like, all the paperwork. I'll just, like, can I just file something somewhere? Well, you're just left hoping that this one didn't skimp on the cake. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I hope this one has cheesecake. <laughs> all right, so she lays down on the sofa to rest from her bunt. cake binge. Blah. Hey, some bunt cakes are good. Not to princesses. They only like cheesecake. <laughs> cheesecake Factory was built to appease princesses. <laughs> Why do you th- why do you think they needed a factory? <laughs> it was built next to the princess factory in order to like feed them as they were being manufactured. Why do you think that we need the pinnacle of industry to produce cheesecakes on assembly lines? All right, so she's unable to. You know what? That's a that's a good point. The cheesecake factory tries to make itself like a high class restaurant. Yeah, but it Fact- goes. Right. Crazy factories over the Factories maybe not. Factories maybe not like the word to evoke. Right. Class. High, high end cheesecake. It goes crazy over the top with its decorations, like almost a Trump Hotel level. Of, it's glitzy. Of over decorated. Yes. Its menu's not that great, and yeah, it is a factory. It is a very confused brand. <laughs> it's cheesecake and grease factory, maybe. You get some machine oil in your cake as well. Mm. I would like to meet... Keep your parts operating smooth. I would like to meet the Cheesecake Baron. (laughs) What? I would like to meet the Cheesecake Baron. I think think you mean the Cheesecake Foreman, if it's a factory. No, a tycoon. The person who owns the factories, not runs it. The the Rockefeller of cheesecakes. Whoever (laughs) that that person is. The Cakefellers. Yes. 
right, so she's unable to sleep, probably because of the, the huge sugar rush from all the cheesecakes. So she starts looking at the door and the lamp and back again, and I guess that's just entertaining. Just, like, going back and forth between those. Sure. Um, suddenly the door opens, and the dwarf with the long beard is sitting on a golden throne carried by four fully armed examples of folklore racism. Oh, great. Um, so these gentlemen carry him to the sofa where he attempts to kiss the princess. Uh, still on his... No, he gets off the throne. Um, she hits him so hard in the face that a thousand stars swim before his eyes and a thousand bells ring in his ears. He is also seven inches tall, so he is barely taller than her hand. So right. that probably is not too impressive. Um, he gave such a shout that the palace walls trembled, and that part is impressive when you're barely more than half a foot tall. Sure, yeah. Big ol' shout. Uh, his love, read lust, for her was so great that he tried his best not to show his anger. Kind of already failed that one. And he turned away to leave her, but his feet got tangled in his seven-foot-long beard and he fell down, uh, dropping a cap that he was carrying in his hand. His throne-bearers hurried up and put him back on his throne and take him out. Do they just swaddle him in the beard like a child? <laughs> yes. Just wrap him up kick. nice and safe. So when the princess was alone, she jumped off her sofa, locked the door, and ran to try the cap that he dropped in on a mirror. I imagine this cap has to be kind of small. Cap with a P? Yeah, like a hat. Okay. I thought you were saying cat. No, it's a cap. With a T. Um, yeah, it's a little hat. I'm assuming like if he was holding it in his hand... It is less than seven inches as a hat, so it's more like a fascinator. It's, it is, yeah, it's like a thimble. <laughs> Just a stray scrap of cloth. So she is surprised to find that when she puts this hat on, it makes her invisible. In the mirror? Yes. Can she still see the cap? No. Um, but she can find it. She can feel it on her head. And proprioceptive cognition is really handy when you're invisible. So she tries it a couple times, and... It does, in fact, turn her invisible every time, so she just keeps it on. Then the door bursts violently open, and a dwarf entered the room with his beard tied up. <laughs> so they, they like went back and did some braiding and cleaning right. up for him. Um, but seeing neither princess nor cap, he realizes that she's taken it, and he ragefully searches under all the furniture, behind the curtains, and even beneath carpets, and again, he's seven inches tall, so all of this is very impressive. Also, don't just say he's short. Writers of folk tales. No, I I appreciate the distinction. It helps paint a picture of how ridiculous this is. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, she has just slipped out the door and gone to the large and beautiful garden where she just lives. She has becomes a garden raccoon, eating fruits and drinking water from the fountain and enjoying the show of the dwarf's furious and tireless search for her through the castle. So she's is she got gonna go? Trick a dragon to do a war next? Free food and entertainment. This is sounding very Tolkien. A little bit, yeah. Um, so sometimes she'd throw fruit stones at his face or take the cap off to show herself for an instant, then put it on again, laughing at his rage. <laughs> That's a good goof. <laughs> this, I mean, she is a good captive princess. She yes. is. I mean, she, she took it in stride when she was kidnapped, so she's obviously been like planning for this instance. It's like fire drills at school, except princesses get kidnapped drills, and this is how she's decided to handle it. I mean, she, yeah, she's doing a great job. 
just pop that thing off for a second. You say, fuck you, dickhead. Then you turn invisible again for another week. Uh, one day while playing at this, her cap did get caught in a gooseberry bush, unfortunately. And the dwarf takes his chance to grab both the princess and the cap. How would he see it? The cap is visible when not on a head. It's like cap plus head is invisible. Cap it was on the gooseberry they're both visible. bush. Uh, so Gooseberry said, bush is alive. Yeah, but it's not a head. It should have been invisible. Like, he had it in his hand, and it, was, it didn't turn him invisible, so I think it's very specifically head-based. Mm. Something about the brain waves. Operate <laughs> with the cap waves. So he is about to carry both of them off when the sound of a war trumpet is heard. He trembles with rage, and he mutters a thousand curses, which probably takes a while. Uh, then he breathes on the princess to send her to sleep, which is one hell of a power. Gordy, can you give us an example? What? Breathe us to sleep, Gordy. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> so restful. <laughs> Just like that is how I do it when I put my head on the pillow. I think I think we're basically an audiobook now. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a lot of extra foley work for this one just to <laughs> to make it more immersive cuz that's the thing that people demand these days. The production values have gone way up on this episode. Do we need some random sound effects in here? A little a little dragon noise, dragon crinkles, dragon crinkles. What is yeah, what so I want you to find a, a Free, what like, that? public domain dragon crinkle sound effect. Here. And put it in here. <clears throat> That's a Very dragon draconic. crinkle. It's like a dragon is here with me. It's like a dragon skittering over those big gold coins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Doubles as an excuse to get another Tic Tac. On, Everybody on wins. I don't even have to mute my mic. All right, so um, he covers her with the invisible cap once she's asleep, and then he grabs a double-bladed sword and rises up as high as the clouds to fall on his assailant and kill him with one stroke. So the seven-inch man has a sword that will kill a full-grown human at one stroke from high enough. Just one person? Just one person. Mm. Did that one person have a weapon or just the war horn? Well, let's learn about the assailant. Please. So, rewind. Oh shit, a flashback. I'm I'm not going to be impressed until they do it with a five-man sword. <laughs> so, Gordy, if you want to take on the audio of me telling the story and put a like fast rewind sound effect in there. <laughs> just uh, to really, okay. Really build the foley here. Um, all right, so after the hurricane had ruined the wedding, the king uh, the princess's attendants and Prince Dobrotek sought her in every direction. Mm-hmm. The mechanical dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The robot dog with the um, with the Jordy LaForge visor. Dobrotek. And yeah, a, as and I'm a imagining him. Um, so at last, the king, in despair, did what kings in despair do, and he threatens Dobrotek with death and destruction of his entire kingdom if he doesn't bring back his daughter. So that's how you solve you, these problems. You lost her. Why is this my problem? <laughs> said said Dobertech. 
Um, so add, to add some spice to the pot, he tells all the other princes present that if any of them bring her back, they can own her instead. Wedding can be theirs. Doesn't all matter. Right. <laughs> all right, fuckers, we're having a prince off. <laughs> <laughs> prince off, prince she, off. She might have chosen this loser, but he lost her to a hurricane, so... Which, which one of you can p- prince quest the best? So, Dobrotek went three days without eating, drinking, or sleeping. So great was his grief. But not helpful to the search. Not at all. Like, bad bad prince strategies. Uh, he finally succumbed to exhaustion and rested in a field, but then he heard cries of pain and woke up to see an enormous owl mauling a hare. That's well, a bunny hare. These things happen. When you're out in the wild, you'll see shit. Uh, so the Just prince go back to bed. laid a hold of the first hard thing that came to his hand. So he's like groping around the ground, finds a hard thing, and it, he thinks it's a stone, but really it's a skull. And he aims it at the owl and kills the bird with the first blow. And now the hare is left there to die slowly and maimed. <laughs> uh, the hare runs up to him and gratefully licks his hands before running away. So apparently it was only slightly mauled. Surface mauled. It's just going to have some cool scars to tell all the other hares about at the hare bar. Was it wearing a flak jacket? Yes. Uh, so the hare disappears. So we're not going to get an animal A-team situation out of this. But but, it, a, but a grateful lick. Yes. Which sounds adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll just pep you right up. The human skull spoke to him. And it said, hey, thanks. I was the skull of an unhappy man who took his own life for the crime of suicide. And I have been condemned to roll in the mud until I was the means of saving another's life. Which is a really weird uh, punishment for anything. Yeah. It's been 770 years now, but you've set me free because I've been a skull this whole time and there's not that much life-saving you get to do when you're a skull. Is it a dinosaur? Nah, just a real old man. Because this is myth times, which was right after dinosaurs. But myth times were happening in like the like thousands to 1600s. 770 is not that bad. Myth times is as long as you need it to be, really. It's, it's right after the ice was done. The ice? Like the yeah. the ice yeah, the, age? The, the age ice of gave it. up. Starring and Ray Romano and to, some others. To August Ween. Who's Ray even? Romano the elephant found a wand which had magic in it and then yeah. Myth Times was born. Is that how that <laughs> movie ended? I never I never actually watched them. Yeah, I think I missed yes. the last one, but that sounds right. How many of them <laughs> movies did they even make? Eight. <laughs> it was going land before time numbers. I'm just guessing. I know uh, that they stopped numbering them. It's probably wait. like four or five. What is the newest ice age is a Google quick answer. <laughs> um, goodness, there's so many of them. Ice age, ice age, the meltdown, three, four, Five, five. They've there made are five of them. They've made five knew, ice ages. I knew uh, about three of them. I don't know where they wedged the last two in. There's a potential for an ice age six, and also there's some short films, some specials, uh, a television series is in development. Boy, people love them. So John Leguizamo's in this. Look at that. Dennis Leary's in this, huh? 
this is not not the cast that I imagined, having, again, never seen one. <laughs> All right. So this 770-year-old dead skull is very grateful to have finally been set free from his uh, punishment. So he, he thanks him and he says, in return for your help, let me give you some horse secrets. Horse secrets? Yep. I'll let you Love know how that. to call my old horse a marvelous beast who can help you in a thousand ways. Like, where is the real butthole on the horse? <laughs> Not the fake one that the public knows about. It's under the mane. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's in, it's it's in the, the mane. It's in the neck. When you're, yep. when you're, like, running your fingers through the mane of a horse, um, you might, you might graze against it. Whenever you see this, so the mane, silky. like gracefully uh, waving behind the horse that's not a breeze that's a fart that's a trumpet all right so when you need my horse walk out onto the moorland without looking behind you and say dappled horse with mane of gold horse of wonder come to me walk not the earth for i am told you fly like birds over land and sea so we got a cool flying magic horse like we have seen before does it have a gun probably four of them so it's um, not our horse. So the it's not says, Sky Horse. Now, please bury me and, and go away. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so the prince buried the skull, and he did the prayers for the dead, and he sees a small blue flame come out of it and fly towards heaven, so his work has been done. Whee! So then he decides to give that horse incantation a try, and with a flash of lightning and a roll of thunder, the miraculous horse appeared. Flames came from his nostrils, sparks came from his eyes, steam came from his mouth, and smoke came from his ears. I'm pretty sure we've met this horse before. I was going to say, this sounds like the... I can't remember the character's name, but he had a cool horse, like a tornado was, horse or something. It was the Red Knight? It yeah, was one it was, of those knights. It was just like some guy. I think we've met this horse a couple of times. Because the giant in uh, the... Mastermaid story also has a horse that like shoots smoke from its ears and stuff like that. So I think this is a recurring horse character, which makes sense because it is 770 years old. Is this still part of the flashback? Yes, all of this is part of the flashback. Ooh. So this is, we've seen what the princess has been up to. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. this is what the prince has been up to. So the horse asked the prince for his order, and the prince gave him the whole backstory of what he's doing. The horse says, all right, enter in my left ear and come out my right ear. But it's smoky. So the prince somehow manages to walk into the uh, left ear of this horse, and he walks out of the right ear clad into, in a suit of splendid armor and feeling endowed with superhuman strength. How big is the horse? Big. I mean, how big is the, how big is the prince? Is size, he also seven inches? Size in this story is very flexible. Extremely relative. So he's uh, ready for business now. Yeah. Yeah, when he stomped on the ground, the earth trembled and gave forth the thunderous sound, leaves falling from the trees. I'm assuming he stomped off on the ground. Apparently my uh, notes did not catch like two words in the middle of that sentence. So good job, past me. Um, so he did something and made the earth tremble and give forth a thunderous sound. Let's guess. Gordy, what do you think he did? To make the earth give forth a thunderous sound? Mm-hmm. Tickled it. <laughs> that, 
That was literally going to be my answer, too. Well, you shouldn't have asked me to go first. Damn it. You two have been, like, around each other too long. Were you Were you trying to tee up a secret crime phrase with this question? And no. I took your answer, and now you can't do it? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, what do you now? Think, Gordy, do you think our listeners are weird enough to ask me to say tickled the earth? No, but maybe you had a longer answer planned. Mm. Is it tickled the earth, though? Because if I don't check, <laughs> I'm going to feel really foolish. It was not. Okay. <laughs> I just I just did have to make sure that it wasn't. All right. And so the chess game begins. Is it that? No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so I asked. But I did just spit water everywhere. <laughs> so that counts for something. Hooray. Yeah, that's a that's We'll a take win. what victories we can. Um, so he asks, what now, horse? And the horse says, your bride has been carried off by the dwarf with a long beard whose hump weighs 280 pounds. This dwarf is seven inches tall. <laughs> it's very dense hump. It's, his hump is a star. Yeah, his neutron star hump. It has neutron- its own gravitational pull. Is neutron hump star better? I think that's better. I like that. For when I add this to the uh, the possible title options. Right. You got to think ahead. <laughs> Just planning ahead. Uh, the dwarf lives a long way away and nothing can wound him except the sharp smiting sword that belongs to his brother, a monster with the head and eyes of a basilisk. So let's go get that brother. If it has the head and the eyes of a basilisk, is it just a basilisk? Maybe it's just head and eyes on a human body. Does it quack like a basilisk? Yes. Then it's a basilisk. (laughs) Um, So they ride long distances, and the horse is so light that he didn't bend a blade of grass or raise a grain of dust as they rode. We've met this horse before. Um, You keep keep mentioning. I'm I'm like 100% certain this is a recurring horse. <laughs> uh, they get to a plain strewn with human bones, and they stop in front of a huge moving mountain, which the horse informs him is the head of the monster with basilisk eyes. Parentheses also with basilisk head. Yeah. So apparently, basilisks are fucking huge. Or size doesn't matter. Size. <laughs> well, I mean, size really doesn't matter in this, this story. Is, this is Kooky Planet. <laughs> uh, kooky so Planet, says, indeed. Don't look at those eyes. Wait. Otherwise, you you get stone. What did you say, Kooky Planet? I said Kooky Planet. Is that worth? Is that worth guessing? You got two left. Hmm. Carmen, is this worth guessing? You can always ask me to make a guess for you. Um. Tyler, was it Kooky Planet? No. Okay. Uh, so don't look at those eyes, because that's how you get stoned. Um, the heat of midday. That sounds like a good thing. Yeah, the heat of midday. People pay top dollar to get stoned. Happy August ween, everybody. Heat of midday (laughs) made him a sleepy boy, so he's got his nice sword laid out in front of him. Just bend down and lie along my neck, and then steal the sword, and don't don't fear. He's fast asleep. An August ween tradition. Yes, stealing a sword from a mountain basilisk. While totally stoned. And on a horse. Um, So the horse noiselessly approached, and the prince bent down and seized the sword, then raised himself up on the horse's back and shouted, Hurrah! Loud enough to wake the dead. So this also wakes the giant basilisk thing, uh, who lifts his head, 
yawns, and then turns on the prince. But seeing the sword in his hand, he quiets down. <laughs> I want no part of that. And then he asks, Knight, is it weariness of life that brings you here? Which is It's a, a weird opener. Yeah, but kind of a chill-ass way to tell someone that they're about to die. But the prince... <laughs> Prince tells him not to boast. He knows he has the beast in his power, and he'll soon die by this sword. But first, let's do some introductions. Um, and the, the giant thing says, yeah, that's that's true. I will definitely die by that sword. But be generous with me, because I do deserve your pity. Let me tell you my whole backstory. Another flashback. Yes. So this how, is, deep, how deep are we going? Uh, are we going to know when we make it back out? We're in the third inception. Oh, gosh. What a, what a structure this has. <laughs> so the giant with the basilisk eyes says, I am a knight of the race of giants, and if it were not for the wickedness of my brother, I'd have lived in peace. He was jealous of my fine figure, uh, which I guess means larger than seven inches, and he tried to do me an injury. He has extraordinary strength, like an ant, but it's all in his beard. All, yes. all of his strength is in his beard. Like, a... Are you sure it's not in the neutron star on his back? <laughs> Are that's you sure that that's not gravity. powering him? Uh, and the beard can only be cut off by the sword in your hand right now. So here's my whole story. My whole sob story. My brother came to me one day and he said, Hey, brother, please help me find the sharp smiting sword that has been hidden in the earth by a magician. He is our enemy, this magician I'm just telling you about now, and it alone can destroy us. And I believed him like a gullible brother I am, and I used a huge oak tree to rake up the mountains and then find the sword. We fought over who got to keep it, and he says, let's put an ear to the ground, and the first person to hear the bells of the church can have it. So I did, and he cut off my head. My body, unburied, became a great mountain overgrown with forests. My head is full of a life and strength proof against all dangers and has remained here ever since to frighten those who try to take the sword. So yeah, please go destroy my brother. He sucks. <laughs> so the French just says, cool, I will. And he and the horse head off without another word to the giant's head. Does he get a training montage along the way? Nah, he doesn't need it. He went through a horse's ears. But does he know how to use the sword? Sure. <laughs> you just like swing it, right? I Hack guess. And slash. Isn't it like a super magic thing? I think it's just a special sword. I don't think it's like magic that he has to like learn how to shoot lasers out of the sword. I think it's just like this sword has the magical properties of barber for this okay. dwarf. Um, so they reached the garden gate at the moment when the dwarf had caught sight of the princess. We're now caught up to present time. Okay, great, finally. Back to the future. <laughs> so the prince hears a great noise in the clouds, and he sees the dwarf preparing to aim from a great height to kill him, but the dwarf missed and fell so heavily that his seven-inch tall body is half-buried in the earth. So only three because and a half inches a, of him is up. Because he's got a star on his back. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weight there. Yes. Um, he so pierces the, prince the earth whenever he falls on it. The prince grabs him by the beard and cuts the beard off with the sword, and then he fastens the dwarf to his saddle like you would a, a rabbit in Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> he puts the beard in his helmet, and he enters the palace. How long is the beard skinning animation? <laughs> Good 
I don't know, 40 minutes. Uh, so when the servants see that he has the beard of the dwarf, they give him clear passage. Like, yeah, sure, fuck, whatever, come in. That guy's got no power over us. <laughs> uh, so he searches for the princess. He obviously can't see her and is almost despairing when he does accidentally knock off the cap, very luckily. Uh, unfortunately, she is still asleep and he cannot wake her. So he puts the cap <laughs> in his pocket, takes her in his arms, returns to the monster with Vasilis guys, and feeds him the dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> here you go like, nom, a, nom, like nom. a dog getting a treat yep and it's his last treat because the prince then cuts the head into a thousand pieces and scatters them around what? <laughs> <laughs> so he took care of the brothers huh okay so the prince gets to the moorland where he had first summoned the horse and the horse is like all right dude i got me some horse business to take care of so you need to go back to your own horse who you've left like hanging out here without food or water. Um, so please go into my right ear and come out my left. So the prince does this. His armor and super strength are gone. The horse vanishes, and Dobrotek whistles for his own horse, who is happy to no longer be abandoned in a moorland. <laughs> sure. I mean, if he was more magic, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> That's a lesson to all you horses listening to this podcast. Get magic already. I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> I've given you 29 years of my life and none of you are magic. What the fuck is going on, horses? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so night falls before they reach the king's palace. So the prince lays the sleeping princess on the grass and covers her up for warmth and then goes to sleep himself. Uh, but then by chance, a rival suitor passes by and takes the opportunity to stab Dobrotek and lifts the princess up and takes her to the king's palace himself. I mean, all, all's fair in a prince-off. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, so he claims to have fought the sorcerer for three days and three nights, and the king is overjoyed but can't wake the princess and wants to know why. And the guy's like, oh. Oh, magic. Uh, Prince Dobrotek is seriously wounded, meanwhile, and he's slowly recovering consciousness, barely manage managing to utter the horse incantation under his breath. The horse shows up, sees him, and is like, all right, hold on, I got this. Uh, then he runs to the mountain of eternal life to th draw three kinds of water. The water of life, the water of curing, and the water that strengthens. So he sprinkles the prince first with life water, then cure water, then strength water. The prince opens his eyes, yawns, stretches, and says, that was a good sleep. And the horse says, yeah, it was the eternal sleep. Your rival <laughs> did you a murder. Yeah, it was the best one you'll ever do. <laughs> You're never getting that back. Uh, by the way, the princess still sleeps and only you can wake her by touching her with the dwarf's beard, which is the grossest way to wake up a princess. Yeah, it's not ideal. Like on the nose? Just like stroke her face gently with it. <laughs> stroke her face with this Brillo pad. <laughs> it's a seven foot long beard. I'm sure it's at least a little bit silky. You're sure? No. <laughs> yeah at seven feet it would be exactly the opposite because that thing has been dragged everywhere <laughs> That's it true. is full of stones o only seven inches of it are silky <laughs> all right um so he says go now and be happy and don't call me again i'm doing horse business bye <laughs> <laughs> very important horse business uh, so the horse disappears, the prince goes to the castle, and he finds it surrounded by a large foreign army. The 
Prince puts on his invisible cap and begins to strike around him with a sharp smiting or sword. So somewhere between uh, killing his rival and bringing the princess home to the king, uh, there's a war happening on the front <laughs> lawn. <laughs> so that's where we're at. Let's um, get down to business to defeat the Huns. Is that the secret phrase? Did they send me daughters when I asked for sons? Is that the secret phrase? You're the saddest <laughs> bunch I ever met, but you can bet before we're through. Maybe this is leading to something. Mr. I'll make a man <laughs> out of broken. you. Tranquil as a forest, <laughs> but on fire within. Uh, Once you find your center, well, what's going you on are with sure you, Carmen? To uh, win, crickets back on the shoes and it's just you're kind of a spineless, pale, pathetic lot, <laughs> and you <laughs> haven't got a clue. <laughs> I appreciate. Somehow this. I'll make a man. Like Danny DeVito out take of you. On. Let's get down to business. I'm never gonna catch my breath. Say goodbye to those who knew me. Boy, was I a fool in school for cutting Jim. This has to be the secret phrase. I bet he's got all the lyrics up on it. Now, I don't remember that part of Mulan. This guy's got him scared to death. Hope he doesn't see right through me. Now, I really wish that I knew how to swim. Be a man. We must be swift as the coursing river. With all the force of a great typhoon. Aren't they making a live action movie? With all the strength of a raging fire. (laughs) That's too bad. The dark side of the moon. Hey, Cricket, how you doing? Time is racing toward us. I mean, I hope they do. Till the Huns. Like, it could be a good live action movie, actually. Heed my Yeah, I'm taking out all the musical aspects to it, but it might be a little bit more like a historic. Yeah, it's one, it's one of the few that, like, I think You're could actually for really work. The rage of Apparently war. they're doing so Bambi up, also. That seems like a bad idea. Through. Bambi? Oh, that's How could that's I gruesome. make a man out of you? Yeah, was that the secret phrase? No, actually. <laughs> you just just practicing for your audition? It was the secret phrase. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to close my secret phrase document now. <laughs> I mean, good good spot to put it in there, Tyler. Like, you, you gotta... You saw your opening. You took I it. I tried to give myself a training montage, and you shut that shit down immediately. <laughs> that was not good, yes, and. <laughs> I said, Did, does he get a training montage? You said, no. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He didn't. That was moving on. He went through the horse's ear. I have to keep you in line, Tyler. You just sang the entire (laughs) Mulan song. All right. Where the hell was I? Oh, he's he's killing people with a sword while he's invisible. Um, So when he destroyed the whole army, he went invisibly into the palace where he heard the king express astonishment that the enemy had retired. Uh, and by retired, I think he means died, without fighting. <laughs> like, everyone's just uh. a corpse on the field. The king's like, look, a war showed up on his front lawn. He looked out, and he's like, huh, a war is happening. And he looked out again, and he's like, huh, 
The enemy has retired without a war happening. How strange. And by retired, he means died, because they're all corpses on his lawn now. Like a flash rainstorm. <laughs> yeah, basically. You look outside one minute, it's pouring soldiers. And you look outside the next, and there's a blood rainbow. <laughs> a blood rainbow? What is that? It comes Beautiful, after a Gordy. soldier storm. Does it? Yeah. A soldier storm? Cause, oh, because of the stabbings? Because <laughs> of the stabbings. Ah, I got it now. So the king says, where is the brave warrior who has saved us? So Dobatrek takes this opportunity to remove his magic cap and says, it was me. Also, I did the princess part, but that dude over there, he killed me and, and stole her. Um, so she is rightfully mine. Lead me to her so I can waken her. Um, and the imposter runs away as quickly as possible because he knows what happens to imposters in fairy tale stories. They get tied to many horses and he just does want not want any of that. Um, not so, like there are magic horses about that shit could go crazy. Yeah, he doesn't wait for for the thing to resolve like most imposters where they like stand around waiting to see what happens until they get put in a barrel full of nails. Uh, he's just <laughs> out of there as soon as they say like that guy killed me. Um Dobertrek, meanwhile, touches the girl with the dwarf beard. She wakes up. They get married. It's great. The end. That's it. I got no more story to tell you. Should I sing Mulan again? No. Play us out. <laughs> All right. So Tyler would add a training montage to this. What else would we fix? I mean, anything to make it more musical. <laughs> do we have to do uh, three nested flashbacks? Yeah, no. I think the whole, like, giant head with the basilisk eyes, not a lot comes of that. Sure, like, get yeah. the Get the sword from somewhere else, because the basilisk eyes don't do anything. Like, no one turns to stone. And once he, he has the sword, he seems to be immune to the power anyway. And also, how did he get basilisk eyes? The brother didn't put the basilisk eyes in him. He just cut off his head. So, like, we're missing a vital part of his backstory. What if the dwarf had the sword so he could keep an eye on it since it's the only thing that could defeat him? And then it was his hubris that brought him down. His dragon's hubris. <laughs> So I'd, I'd get rid of that, although I do enjoy the image of him tying this seven-inch dwarf to his saddle, riding wordlessly to this giant's head, opening the giant's mouth, putting the, the dwarf in it, watching the giant eat it, and then chopping the head up for no reason. He, op he opened the the mouth? I don't know. Maybe just like, I maybe it's like when you feed seals or dolphins fish. Like yeah. I envisioned kind of wave it at them, and then they open the mouth for you, and you just slide it in. Yeah, I envisioned it as like he didn't dismount off of the horse. It was one clean motion of him riding up to this thing, tossing the dwarf so that it would get eaten, and like as a distraction, basically for him to pull his sword and chop it and just keep going. The the giant seemed like it was fine, like a, a just a fine head. No loose ends, Carmen. I guess not. No witnesses. <laughs> Take it to the grave. <laughs> I think this horse was doing 
this horse business at the same time was handling one of the other magic horse businesses in the story. Like the <laughs> one where hopping they... back and forth between stories. Yeah. Now, you yeah. remember the one where they met the scorpion witch? Yes. Yes. And there was like a magic horse and the horse was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going now. I gotta, I gotta do a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's just like being summoned all over the place. He regrets giving out his phone number because now it's on the internet. Somebody doxed the horse. <laughs> Somebody doxed this horse and he gave his special call sign to everybody. I'm going to say this horse is one of Baba Yaga's horses, and that's how he knows about the waters. Um, and these waters are they're basically the waters of life and death. They're like doctored up to be three, but the water of death cures as well, and the water of life just brings it back. But then there was a potion for strong. Yes. Strong juice. Mu- muscle drink. <laughs> it's it's the horse's new um, uh, MLM. It's, it's trying out. MLM? Like as a side gig. Yeah, multi-level marketing. Like the oh, doTERRA yes. or the... Um, yeah. Uh, LuLaRue, Sensi, all of those things. Yeah, so muscle juice is just his his attempt to get a little extra side income. And maybe a car. I liked most of the rest of it. Yeah, I mean... I, I did like big chunks of it, actually. I I think a prince off is a very funny idea. I, I would like to have seen more of the princess, because I really liked what we saw of her character before she was put to sleep. I mean, I already forgot, so I... Where she was, like, taunting the dwarf. I did like that. Like, she was chill about being kidnapped, took the first opportunity to sneak out of the door, and then spent her time living off of his fruit trees and fountain water and making fun of him. <laughs> <clears throat> but never leaving. She learned from her parents that if you get lost in a supermarket, you stay put. Well, like, when you're lost in a mall, when you're separated from your parents, yeah, you're just supposed to stay in one place. Right. And that's what she did. She didn't leave the dwarf's place. Yeah. She figured someone would come. Yeah. Also, it's like a fairly isolated place, so she's, she stands to get more lost and in bigger trouble. And here she's got fruit and water. Like, she's good. Entertainment constantly. <laughs> she's got fruit, water, and somebody to dunk on. <laughs> the, <laughs> that's the all three, need. Yeah, Mas- Maslow's, the base of Maslow's <laughs> pyramid. <laughs> fruit, water, dunks. Dunks comes a... before shelter. <laughs> I mean, Yes. <laughs> Like, what is shelter without the capacity to dunk? <laughs> I mean, technically, I feel like we should fix the dwarf being seven inches tall, but I, I do like the juxtaposition of the height given and then all of the other measurements attributed to him and all of his behaviors that seem like an average height person's behaviors. Yeah, I think the only yeah, way we funny. can prove it is if he is four inches tall. <laughs> yeah, maybe go littler and longer on the beard. <laughs> I feel like this one is crying out to be a visual medium. So instead of making a six Ice Age movie, maybe Blue Sky should should work on this. He sh- it, it really he should have been a beard punzel. <laughs> like it just wraps around his living place. A, b- a boy punzel. <laughs> he was he was the result of a failed experiment in the Princess Factory to create a boy punzel. <laughs> the, the mythical boy punzel. Yeah, they got the beard kind of close. Seven feet's not all that impressive on a Punzel no. scale. Um, no, that's that's like a that's a training wheels Punzel. 
Yeah, that's that's a young Punzel. That's um, a Punzel that you give to a preteen witch. <laughs> just just to play around with, learn the ropes. Train on, yeah. A pretwitch, as they're called. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a, a fluid acronym or name. <laughs> Pretwitch. Fun, fun and easy to say. <laughs> the Pretwitch with her training punzel. Yeah, it's like something in the formula messed up and his body only got seven inches, but he did have the strength of a, a normal man and the hump that weighed uh, like king's worth. Because mm-hmm. that's like king weight in miss times. 280 pounds. Very specific. I did enjoy the specificity of the story. 770 years, 7 inches tall. only improves things. <laughs> like, if, if that is a, a universal note that I could give to storytellers everywhere, is be, like, granularly specific about everything. It will never not be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, this is a Slavic tale. There's not a lot to improve just a lot to enjoy so thank you lucy thank, thank you. you thank you dj molly c thank for you sponsoring thank this episode thank you Appreciate dj it. molly c thank you to everybody who has been tweeting about the show like roses supposes like to uh to everything is awful forever podcast okay there's a podcast on the end of that it's not just everything is awful forever. Um, thank you for recommending us. Thank you. Somebody else got in the mix, too. Um, thank you, EVM. I don't know how to say this. Thank you, at EV Rights on, on Twitter. That was a little easier to say for uh, recommending us as well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons for keeping our lives entertaining and full of wonder um and adorable animal pictures thank you and to whoever suggested tyler's crime phrase you should probably give credit where credit's due yeah i failed to get it past them this time but you did place it well surely next week you can do the same one and get it by us (laughs) what are the odds you do it twice in a row so who suggested the crime Uh, phrase? it was rise to rhyme with thighs on the discord nice I think it added a lot to this episode. <laughs> uh, a, a lot. Load bearing. Uh, uh, to you. be to to be specific, their suggestion was as much of Mulan's "I'll make a man out of you" as you can get out, <laughs> which I took to mean all of it. Yeah, I mean, good job. Did you know the lyrics by heart, or? Uh, no, I did have to pull up uh, a thing. I knew most of them. Yeah, I figured once you got to the, uh, the other characters talking to each other, no one ever remembers that part. No, that's the part that I remember. Really? Mm-hmm. You, You'll you notice that I even, for other people. I even used the intonation of the characters. You can double check. <laughs> Champion. I was I was very faithful. Uh, thank you to our top tier patrons. Maya, Alimer, Rachel, Angela, Cole, who will catch Tyler and destroy Kevin, Caitlin, Frank, Riley, Glutton of All the Foods, Alex, Little Smorgasbord, Danielle, Wyatt, Soapy Foten, Kelty, Olwen, Queen of Terrible Taste, Ali, McGregor, Nathan the Scott, Yahweh Yahweh, Leticia, April, DPRCM, The Day Dude, Pyrus, High Lustus of Wimbus, Grace, Ambassador of Good Wimbus, Very Fast Incorporated, Snufkin with Knife for President 2020, Jeremiah, What the Folklore, But the Way, Ray Romano, Gilbert Gottfried, and Bobcat Goldthwaite, uh, Haley, Ugh. 
Tamworth exclaims that 1920 school year is starting. Lives, Dominic, Justin, Lily, Jenna, Jen, and Heather. Hi, Meow Lady of the Cult of Cricket. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. There was a John, right? Uh, it sounds familiar. As a thank you, John? John. John. Do we John know a John? What? I've literally, I, I've never met a John in my life. I don't know, but I'm suddenly really thirsty. What kind of name is John? Uh, I don't know. It's British Isles. <laughs> I've never been there. That's not, definitely not true. Uh, <laughs> you, you've definitely been to one of them. Nope, never. Okay, well, uh, sure. I guess thank you whoever that John person uh, is. Isles. Yeah. Isles? Tyler says no, nay, never, no, yeah. nay, never, no more to having been to the British Isles. <laughs> Isles, though, that's... Is surrounded by something. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, we'll get it. Oh, uh, we'll figure it was out. Was there was there a boat in this one? There <laughs> no. was not. You nah, were successful. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> just uh, just doesn't even <laughs> register anymore. Gordy boat expert. <laughs> You're just numb. <laughs> it's nothing. I feel nothing. And on that note, where what the folklore, and that's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.